This CTN Viewpoint is brought to you by Motorola Solutions. This is CTN Viewpoint on CIO Talk Network. Welcome listeners, this is Sanjog. All your host and the topic for our conversation today is building unified digital workspaces. And I have with me Zach Hicks. Zach is the Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer with Toyota Motor North America. Hey Zach, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you doing today? Very good, sir. Thank you for joining us. So businesses, as we know, uh, need to be agile and responsive to compete to grow today. And they also need to be growing faster in the faster future ahead. And it depends on how well everyone involved connects, communicates, and collaborates. So the concept of digital workspaces, which has been proposed, is great, but it shouldn't be a privilege only for the office workers who are overlooking field staff and partners. So how does an organization implement fit-for-purpose yet unified workspaces to enable all involved? So that's the topic we wanted to cover. And to that end, uh, Zach, my first question, while IT leaders are striving to offer ways to connect, communicate, and collaborate internally, and then also with partners and customers to enable efficiency, innovation, and growth, what should be the benchmarks? Well, uh, I would start off by saying if, if you haven't already begun this, this transformation at your company, uh, you're probably a little bit already behind. Uh, but the good news is there's some great cloud and collaboration tools uh, that are essential in the workplace to help uh, enable this and kind of remove those geographic barriers and, and provide more accessibility to, to customers and uh, partners throughout the ecosystem. Um, I can give you a great example. You know, we uh, at Toyota, we merged our manufacturing headquarters and our sales and marketing headquarters into a new location in Plano, Texas. So we moved from Southern California and Kentucky uh, to Plano about three years ago. And as part of that remit, uh, the CEO asked me to go out and check out, you know, what's the best in class? How can we begin to break down these barriers and allow people to work in new ways? Um, and not just for the office worker, but for people across the enterprise. And so that was a tremendous opportunity to go out and see what, what uh, tech companies are doing and also uh, new companies, what they were, how they were investing in these collaboration tools. And also, simultaneously, I think consumer expectations are, are really driving what you expect to have happen in the workplace. I mean, frankly, you can't hire a new worker today and give them a desk phone that's or him or her a desk phone that's you know, keeping them tethered to the office. They're expecting to be able to use new mobility tools and be able to walk into a conference room and not be hindered by technology. Because, uh, frankly, a lot of these collaboration tools, while the promise was great, uh, the actual delivery was not so great. So you'd walk into a conference room, you'd have to figure out, okay, is this a polycom system or is this a Skype system? How are we going to connect and how do we get other people? You know, technology doesn't need to be this difficult. And that's, I think, where we are today. The promise of technology was to remove a lot of these barriers. Uh, but the newer technologies are allowing us to actually do that. So, in, in, you know, a good example is what Microsoft is doing with the, their next generation of, of Office products. So when you book a meeting uh, and you walk into the meeting room, those uh, attachments that were part of the meeting, they're already available, or the PowerPoint presentation is already available up on the screen. You don't have to do a lot of fumbling around to be able to get to it. Um, so that's where we're at today. But, you know, maybe to be more direct to your question about what should people that are even outside of the workplace do, we have a tremendous focus on that. So on our manufacturing plant floor is a great example. Uh, we're taking data that's emitting out of our plant floor systems and giving that access to the data to the factory workers so they can understand when a machine is about to break before it breaks and impacts our, the quality of our vehicles, they can take action. 
Uh, and we're not doing that through, you know, we're doing it through, through large boards if their hands are full, but we also give those tools through mobile devices that they can pull out. And if, if they're looking over, you know, to go get a, a car that needs to be inspected, where is that car located, giving them access to the vehicle and then telling them, no, what the, what the you know, reasons why we're having to go look at that vehicle. So these are just uh, some small examples. But across our whole enterprise, we've got people throughout our field organization that are visiting dealerships or visiting plants. And, and we don't really care. I don't want to limit how they work. I just want to give them access to the tools that they need when they need it uh, ahead of time. And we should kind of blur the lines of technology to, you know, just technology is really a tool, but quickly enable them to do the job that they're trying to do. And a great response here. So the digital workspaces concept, which is what we believe we need, is where, you know, the users could engage with other people the knowledge and the, even the environment where they are in with the sole purpose of getting the job done, that's what would be an ideal way to go about serving at all different levels and no one is getting ignored and we're not overlooking any field staff or partners. So the underlying complexity that we find typically which pulls us down is the way we are trying to integrate with partner technology or the security or even when we are trying to provision any capability is what I'd like to use here, the word capability, like to provision it across multiple devices and it should be such a way that it's hidden where we are allowing the location-based, the context-based and environmental sensitivity of how that tool or that ecosystem works so that you're able to get the job done. Is this too futuristic? If not, then if the technology tools are there, then what holds us back? Yeah, well, I think that the technology is catching up. I think we have the opportunity now to deliver a much more seamless experience. Uh, but at the same time, at the corporate enterprise IT level, we have an obligation to make sure that the, the documents uh, are secure and safe. They're also discoverable for e-discovery. Uh, there's a lot of regulations that require corporations to understand where their data is and who's using it. So while you want to allow people to act as freely as they do in their home environment by use, able to use tools like Box or Dropbox or other collaboration tools like Slack. Uh, but you also need to have an, you have to be able to balance that with the security risks and the e-discovery obligations and other regulatory requirements that that are driving how we operate at the larger enterprise. Uh, but there are ways to do that. So you can lean into some of these new capabilities like uh, Box and have a corporate enterprise agreement where. Consumers can, or the, the deep, you know, field users can easily upload or download uh, documents or video files. Uh, but then, when you have to uh, just, you know, provide that, that information to legal teams or so on, you have easy access to it. Or if somebody leaves the company, you're making sure that those assets aren't aren't going with them. That the company still has control of those assets that were created on behalf of the company. So uh, there is an opportunity to not go so far that you're losing control. But there is opportunities to, to be more open in these ecosystems. You know, it wasn't that long ago that in corporate enterprises, we provisioned devices. But now we also have the opportunity to, to enable bring your own device. So if somebody prefers using their own Android device, that's great. But what we may need to do is, is to provision a small portion of that device where we have full access and control for corporate type of work and then keeping the personal personal and, and the corporate uh, accessible. Um, but another challenge that we have, too, in this new environment is knowledge sharing. As people come into the workplace, they want to be able to say, Google an answer. A good example of that is a new employee at Toyota might be working on a braking solution and they want to know who knows anything about 1989 Camry brakes. Well, that may be hard to find if you don't know anybody, you're new to the company. 
But building a tool that we did at Toyota, which is where all documents can be scanned and, and shared, you can search to say, who knows anything about 1989 Camrys? And we'll know, here's who's at work today and using some other technology to say they're actually at their desk today. You can click on a button and, and interact with them. Uh, and then have the, a question and answer. So you're giving people access to a data if they want to search it, or maybe a, a knowledge repository of, of other humans that may be able to help you with the problem that you're working on. And, and really, that's the goal of these communication tools, to begin to break down those barriers between the worker and the information that they need. And and you so rightly point that this information is so critical for them to be able to do what they're supposed to do. So now, at the same time, what we have noticed, at least as media, we know that the inclusive approach that we would otherwise like to see when we are building these digital workspaces are few and far between. Because if you take an example, like a machine technician on the factory floor, or a hotel housekeeper, or a utility worker fixing the power lines, they're also serving the customer. They're also contributing towards customer satisfaction and retention. And they're no less in terms of how someone gets the satisfaction for the customer or even uncover the new revenue opportunities. With all of that value already getting added, how come their device, the ones which they are using, or the applications or the software, whatever that we put on, make available to them is not so-called tethered to the main digital workspace ecosystem as effectively as someone who's in the office? Well, I think at, at Toyota, that's what we've done. So whether you're, you're working on the plant floor or you're working in our dealerships or uh, calling in our field um, or interacting with our suppliers, you have full access to all the data and the tools that you need wherever you go. Um, and that, that was a goal of, of what we've done here at Toyota. But I'll tell you, if, for your example of if a maid in a hotel room doesn't have access to the data, well, wouldn't it be better instead of having the, the hotel maid knocking on your door and disturbing you to actually know, because we know from the digital key if somebody left the room, to be able to have access to the, the maid could have access to say, I, I won't disturb this, this customer until they leave, and then I'll go in and clean the room because I'll know when they've exited the room. It's just leveraging the data to make it work. And so if, if hotels or hospitals or other industries are not using this, others are going to step into this space and solve that problem at, at their expense. So there's an opportunity, and that's our job as IT leaders, is to not be waiting to take the order from the customer, but to understand the capabilities that technologies bring, understand your businesses, and then be able to, to triangulate ahead of time where, the, where it intersects and can provide value for the customer and the employee. That's a great example. And, and I'm assuming you had to shift the mindset of all people involved for them to see the value of what it takes to get a field worker also to contribute equally effectively as the in-office worker. So that's great. Now, coming to the environment that we are living in, which is a very externally focused, which means if we want to serve our customer, we have to work very closely with our partners. And there has also been challenges noted where it says that they are bringing their own partners' devices and systems, and we are trying to integrate with them, but that's where the problem is. And because the customer doesn't care how you are serving them, including the partners or not, that customer experience gets disrupted. So how can we address these integration challenges so that the digital workspaces we provide and use to serve the customer are in true sense unified? Well, you know, one of the challenges that you're, you're 
talking about here is the underlying technology is that we don't have a homogenous environment. We've got lots of different endpoint devices. Um, and, and so when we say communicate, are we communicating through Skype or through voice or through video conferencing? There's an endless number of ways of doing that. And that interoperability doesn't always exist um, or work well. And so at home, if we use Skype to talk to our family in maybe a different country, um, we're pretty happy to use it or, or FaceTime. And if it drops, we kind of understand, and I didn't really pay anything for it. But in the corporate environment, when you go into a meeting room and you're in the middle of a meeting and the, and the call drops or the video drops, it, nobody's happy. And um, so we do have a more kind of contained and closed ecosystem when it comes into the corporate environments to be able to understand that. We also need to make sure that there's security. So if we're talking about future de- designs of our next vehicle, we don't want our comp- you know, competitors to be able to hack in and, and get that data. So we want to know, based on IP address, who's on the line. Um, so there, it is situational. Um, and, and with our suppliers, we have uh, fantastic integration because at Toyota, you may have heard of the just-in-time uh, manufacturing methodology that we use. Uh, we need to know when we, we don't want to overstock parts, but when we actually, we only want those parts when we actually need them. And so we have tightly coupled relationships in, in those environments. Um, but it's, it's always a challenge, right? So if you're working with suppliers and they bring in their own devices and they connect your network and if their, their software is out of compliance, you as a company may burden some legal risk. So uh, there are some limitations on being completely open, uh, particularly from a security perspective. Let's take a quick break. Listeners will be right back and let's discuss about the availability and the quality of technology solutions that are available today so that you can literally have the right tool set to build a unified digital workspaces. Please stay tuned, we'll be right back. Motorola Solutions is a proud sponsor of this program. Do your industrial and commercial frontline workers communicate instantly, without boundaries, and with added intelligence? They can, with team communications from Motorola Solutions. Our unified workgroup communications help teams collaborate regardless of device or network and share intelligence from purpose-built applications and the industrial internet of things. Your company becomes safer, more successful, and more efficient. And you can get started today using your current communication devices and networks. Learn more at MotorolaSolutions.com forward slash team communications. This is CTN Viewpoint on CIO Talk Network. Welcome back. So, Zach, what would you say is the state of availability and quality of uh, technology solutions that we require to build robust and unified digital workspaces and that to using best-of-breed components? Well, I I can tell you that, you know, there there are some amazing technologies that are available today. Uh, But I think that accessibility depends on, on several factors, such as what industry you're working in, what your security requirements are, what your customer needs are, your employee capabilities, and, and, and ultimately, what's the business value? You know, at Toyota, our goal is to make collaboration for our workforce so natural that they're not even hindered by the technology, but rather, I guess you'd say, enabled by it. One way of doing that is to make the technology consistent and easy to use, regardless of the, the medium that's being used. So whether our users are using a mobile device in, in a parked car or a laptop in the field or in a, being in a conference room, you can connect with who you want in a consistent fashion access the data you need, and not just participate in collaboration, but contribute. And, and ultimately, that's where we want to go, particularly like as we're designing cars. 
those CAD systems, maybe if you have a model and you want to show somebody in a different uh, country what that looks like, being able to share those files real time in a 3D fashion uh, and being able to blur the lines of, of distance is, is really what we're after. I'll tell you also that you know, all of our offices are equipped with the state-of-art collaboration tools like Surface Hubs. So whether they're in our headquarters location in Plano or they're in Michigan or Kentucky or a field office, you don't have to be in those rooms to be effective. Our goal is to provide a similar experience no matter where you're at. And even if you're in your hotel room and want to be able to join from your iPad, you can do that. Um, is it perfect yet? No. I mean, we still, we're still rolling this out to 180 plus locations and outfitting with all that. Um, it, it takes some time. Uh, but I also don't think we're ever going to be there. It's this constant iteration. And as technology improves, to be able to, to jump on that, uh, but also to not make the technology a hurdle to get through. And we launched a startup company that I'm also CEO of called Toyota Connected, which is a goal is to unleash the power of data uh, for our customers and our, and our uh, employees. And our motto is we want to free people from the tyranny of technology. Because I think today we've got this app-by-app experience. Um, you're using you know, your, your mobile device. It's different from your, uh, your desktop. It's different from your car computing. And then you go into a meeting room and it's different. Uh, we can begin to blur those lines to make it much more seamless. And, and so that's why I talk about it. It's, you're never done. We're always on this journey, um, and it'll, we'll continue to iterate on that. And given the, the current state, whatever you mentioned in terms of uh, the technology solutions that are available, do you think we are, or, or whosoever is producing these solutions, or maybe you as, as the adopter, are you assuming that they're being geared towards these digital workspaces, which is the end outcome of putting these tools together and integrating them to be equally accessible, or maybe we'll give it that, okay, it may be accessible to people, but is it done with a usefulness for both in and out of office workers? Or are we just taking the broad spectrum of users and just say, okay, as long as it works for them, we're good. But that's where we <laughs> would lose... Yeah, that's where we will lose the, the true value that you can get by making it unified. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think these tools are great and they can enable some amazing uh, connections. You know, I, I, our parent companies in Japan, I, I go to Japan every month, but I also spend a lot of time on video conferences, interacting with my colleagues in Japan. Uh, it's a great way to keep the conversation going and also my colleagues around the world. But I'll tell you what, if you still, if you got a bad meeting, a bad meeting in person is just as probably even worse in a, in a bad meeting in a distributed environment. So the technology enables humans to connect in, in better ways. But if the humans aren't connecting in a meaningful way, uh, that's not the problem of the technology. That's probably the, the problem of the, the, you know, planning that meeting. So um, I think there's two problems in there that you're trying to solve for. Uh, but the, the technology is the enabler and sometimes it's cumbersome. But for the most part, uh, what we're seeing, particularly on our new campuses, is it's becoming more, much more frictionless. You can walk into a room. I don't have to dial 20 numbers to connect with Japan. I can push a button and my colleagues are there and I can see them and it feels like a much more in-person experience. So the scope that you just mentioned, just to kind of follow up on this, that was more an office worker with someone dialing from home, but they are still in a way in office type workers. I'm talking about say a field staff Yes, yeah, so I'll give you a great example. I'm sorry, I mean, I'll talk to you there, but I'll, I'll tell you a, gr a great example that we do is so now when we when we launch a vehicle, and let's say it's a brand new vehicle, and if there's a condition that happens on that vehicle we that we've never seen before, one of the great things that we can do is that we have a local field technician show up to that vehicle, use an iPad or an iPhone or whatever device they've got, 
and they can video stream in a secure way to our other engineers so they can see firsthand without having to be there themselves. So by no means do we have this hierarchical uh, uh, approach to collaboration tools where only the office workers get it and other people don't. That's not the case. If, If a company is doing that, you're not engaging your workforce appropriately. Um, and we're all walking around with these devices today. Why not enable them? Now, let's talk about the readiness check that we should do up front in terms of trying to build the unified digital workspaces and then also the fixes that we need to make in terms of the processes, the workflow, and even the culture so that the end outcome is is uh, achieved and this this basically helps you build that foundation based on which any unified digital workspace would thrive. Yeah, I think that probably the most important thing is is to have a compelling vision and understanding what you're aiming for. Um, you know, buying the tools without a vision uh, is going to be a waste of time and a, and a waste of money. You know, what we did here on our new campus is we, we thought about it more holistically about all of the workers. So if a worker is uh, on the road and they're having to upload reports at home, how will they do that? Do they have to open up their laptop and wait for it to boot, or can we do this on a mobile device like a, like an iPad so they don't have to do that? And can they just take a picture of the problem and have that be the, and, and use optical character recognition to begin filling out the problem report for them? Uh, but we also thought for the, for the office worker, we make a, a booking for a reservation, um, having digital cues on for the meeting room. So we've got these little devices or LCD displays that show you who's in the room and um, who's booked it. And if the meeting room isn't being used for 15 minutes, we use the sensors to free up the room so somebody else can use it. Uh, and then when you've booked the meeting and you've got people around the world that need to join, they just click one button to join the meeting. They don't have to dial a series of, of buttons. We knew um, what we were willing to invest in and how we wanted the experience to flow. So having that vision of, of what the experience should be like, and then backing into what technologies can enable it is a much better plan than just jumping right into the technology. And then you've got to have the leaders buy it and work at all levels. The people that really facilitate most of the communication in the company, or a lot of it, oftentimes are the admin assistants who have to you know, book the senior executives' meetings, have to make sure their, their calendars are available, and so on. So having them be part of the solution um, and pulling in people at all levels to design what that that communication strategy or the tool should look like. And then, you know, I also think about having it, pushing it more onto the cloud so it's not location specific. So you can enable more workers in any environment to, to join in. And then drawing a larger concentric circle to think about how do your partners want to engage and can they help participate in, in designing that solution? But also oftentimes it's our partners that are troubleshooting these solutions for us too if, if any network is outsourced. So including them in that design so that they can help troubleshoot when things do go wrong. So I would think, I would think kind of stepping back, looking at the macro view, and then building a plan and understanding the cost, getting leaders buy-in, but not just the leaders, but buy-in at every level of the organization. And let's talk about the adoption challenges one will face because there is diversity of mindset. And there is an issue with digital readiness, and especially when you bring in out-of-office workers, which, again, doesn't mean someone working remotely from home, but actually someone from your field staff or partners. They may not have come across those devices or the new technologies or new way of communicating and before your overall organization can enjoy the unified digital workspaces and that related experience. These people have to be 
brought on board and they have to adopt it for you to say, yes, I got something done and in its entirety. Yeah, you're, you're, that, that's a great question. You know, when we planned our new corporate headquarters, we had a long, a lot of conversations around where we even put desk phones on the, on the desk anymore. And we opted to not to because with Skype uh, on the desktop uh, and Skype for business, we simply didn't need it anymore. Uh, the digital natives had no problems adapting to that. But maybe people that were more experienced in the career um, were more concerned with, well, I don't have a phone and what am I going to do? And we had to explain that you're actually going to have a phone no matter where you take your laptop or your mobile device, you'll be able to answer it wherever you're at. So you're going to have actually better access than having a desk phone. Um, but that took some time. And so what we did was we also created uh, we, we cr created a brand around this new compute and, and communication suite that we called Workplace of the Future and WOF uh, for Workplace of the Future, short, and called it WOOF. And we had WOOF champions in every group. And we had them participate in the solution building. We gave them things like shirts, with their, you know, T-shirts so they're easily identifiable. But then they helped train all the people around them. Or it could be a resource if somebody was struggling. So we didn't want this to be IT's problem to solve. We wanted it to be collectively Toyota's problem to solve and engage many more people. And the people that raised their hand and wanted to join in and help be these solution providers uh, really were tremendous. It was a great way of, of engaging the organization in a new way and not just relying on, on the IT staff to do that. And I'll tell you, the other key thing that we had to do, which was always monitoring checkpoint, understanding of how it was working and iterating and being able to make changes along the way. Uh, just like in any agile project, is getting that customer feedback and quickly responding and incorporating that. That's been crucial. Let's talk about the business demands and the people expectations and the technology. All of these are going to continue to change. How do you think we can keep these digital workspaces unified and healthy? Well, it's going to take a constant investment, and that's why I don't, you know, what we try to do is to continue to iterate and not just go all in, uh, but allow some space for flexibility and keep more of an open mind on standards. Because what a standard works today, there's a very good chance that tomorrow new technology will blow up that standard and that standard will be out of date. If you're not flexible, you're missing out on opportunities. Uh, there's also opportunities to really drive out costs. So there is an investment side of the equation, but there was also places where we were able to take out cost. Uh, so understanding the new ecosystem, and just frankly understanding that the world is changing faster than the corporate enterprises typically are willing to handle it. So you've got to become much more agile in our in our approach and a little bit uh, less rigid and knowing where to lock things down. So if it's access to secure documents or data, that's always going to be locked down. And, and But if it's if it's data that could be help workers do their jobs in new ways or consumers understand more about our products or services, then we need to be more flexibility, more flexible in opening that. Um, but saying in a, in a, uh, for a, a holistic communications environment, that's probably not going to happen because new entrants will always enter in the market and there'll be new opportunities. Um, it's But how do we enable that interoperability is the opportunity in keeping that mindset open. And so, for example, like we use in the, at Toyota today, we use Box, uh, but we also use uh, Microsoft SharePoint and other uh, shared collaboration tools. I don't want to have to dictate just one. I'd like to give a couple of solutions, but all of those solutions allow me to do data privacy management, uh, document management, uh, and, and those types of governance, 
governance processes that I need to run uh, a, a regulated environment. Um, so it's about that flexibility with an eye towards the future and also understanding that your, your customer base is going to evolve and it's our job as IT leaders to enable that evolution. Once again, thank you, Zach, for sharing your thoughts and insights about how organizations can implement a fit-for-purpose yet unified workspaces as a critical step towards increasing efficiency, accelerating innovation, and boosting revenue. Thanks for having me today. Appreciate it. Thanks so much again, Zach. And listeners, I invite you to find related conversations on our website at ciotalknetwork.com. This is CTN Viewpoint on CIO Talk Network. This CTN Viewpoint is brought to you by Motorola Solutions.